Helping children and teenagers to navigate their way through all the misinformation being spread through social media is seen as an increasingly important role for those who write books for this age group. Racism, gender equality, autism and climate change are among the topics discussed by some of the finalists in this year's New Zealand Book Awards for Children and Young Adults. The convener of judges, Pauline Smith, is also delighted to see more writers integrating te reo and te ao Māori into their stories. There's a record number of entries for this year's awards, just one book shy of 200, with a finalist announced during the week. I spoke to Pauline and to Anahira Morahou, who's the convener of the Te Kura Ponamu Award panel. Pauline explains why children's literature is so important. What they become is a tool for teachers and even um, whānau parents to talk to their um, children and young people about these sorts of topics. So when you've got books that are raising things like protests and gender equality and actual racism, this is a really good space to start the discussion and particularly because they're written for children and young people at their level, it's a really nice anchor and, and then you can spring off that conversation. So, yes, yeah, some powerful tools created this year, I would say, for great discussion with young people. You touched on some of them, but what are some of those really topical issues, some of those really you, you know, gritty, quite tough topics um, that have been um, examined uh, in the books? Mm. Yeah, so interesting, and well, probably not so interesting because it's talked about a lot, but climate change is coming up a lot as a topic and, you know, really good stories threaded around climate change and people's action towards that, particularly young people. And I think that's really nice because young people then get to see themselves as the heroes of, you know, being able to talk about, think about and sometimes solve these problems. Um, so definitely that gender equality has been a strong topic uh, this year and some really good books that um, sort of put the main characters in the spotlight in terms of their gender diverse identity and just starting to highlight those sorts of things so that, again, we can talk about them and think about them. Autism, I see, is another subject that's come up for, um, for discussion in the books. Yes, so that's an interesting one because it's written what I would call from within a young person who's suffered autism themselves and they've written the story so that they can help other people understand the reality and it's a very practical, this is what you need to know book. So yeah, really helpful tools again for people of all ages. Are you confident then that they will... Uh, not only give the, the target audience something to read and to think about, but that parents, caregivers, as you mentioned before, teachers in schools, will also see them as a starting point for some conversations. Yeah, I feel really confident that that's something that's going to happen. I mean, I think about the autism book in particular, and um, I almost think that it'll be something that teachers and caregivers and social workers gravitate towards to help strengthen their understanding because it's put so beautifully and plainly for people of all ages to understand. It just it gives you a really good into understanding. Pauline, the other thing, of course, one of the top lines from the media release is that this has been a record-breaking year. From last year and this year and my involvement in the Book Awards in the past, I do notice a number in the rise of self-published works, and so there's been a lot of self-published work in this year. So I think that's probably contributed to the rise. And also, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but I do wonder if, you know, with COVID and lockdowns and people having space in their own 
space and time to think and um, create. Maybe that's made more creators, but I'm just speculating there, so people can agree or disagree with me on that one. <laughs> Anahira, I'd like to bring you in here. So we're looking at a record number of books. What's happening in the Te Reo Māori space? What have you seen? I've, I actually expected a lot more books written in Te Reo Māori over the past. Now, so I, I, we saw an increase and then it's sort of like flatlined at the moment. But I have a funny feeling it's based around the new writers especially and the younger writers that are now coming forward, only because over the past couple of months I've noticed these new Te Reo books have come out and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get that for my grandchildren. And then I'm also looking going, why weren't these on my list? And then realise that they've published after the criteria date that they're due by. I was a little bit disappointed because I could see it start to rise and then it sort of flatlined a little bit. But I'm hoping with the promotion more, especially around the use of te reo and, um, you know, how I talked about last year at the um, at the awards that, you know, we've got the, we're in the decade of the Indigenous languages. So I just expected a few more te reo books to come through this time round and hope that there, there's going to be more of a rise. Pauline mentioned that we are very much in the era now of self-publishing. Do you think that's also why you were hoping that we might see more books in te reo Māori entered into the into the event or is that possibly tough for people who are new to self-publishing, new to writing to figure out the paperwork and the deadlines? That could be the key. That could be another part that we haven't considered, you know, because if you if you think about these awards, most of the time we get the big the big publishers coming through because they have more success. On, and especially around Te Reo, there aren't really many self-publishing and the new publishers that are able to provide the quality control for Te Reo. But even Iwi, you know, I would have expected that Iwi might have been contributing to that and, you know, wanting to consider, you know, why wouldn't they want to self-publish and make them available and be known as a publishing area or combine in regions perhaps. But it hasn't happened yet, but it's not to say that it's not going to happen. And what about the stories? What about the the kinds of stories that are being told in Te Reo Māori? Are you seeing any any exciting new trends there, even if the numbers have kind of flatlined? What about the calibre of the writing and the courage of the writers? The, the calibre is amazing, even for the translations. You know, keirunga noa tūnga There's no one that can stand above the, the translators and, and the people that are writing in Te Reo. What I have noticed is those that are writing from Te Reo in the first instance, they're bringing a different type of viewpoint. You know, when you're writing, um, and Te Reo writers will know this when you're not doing translation and you're actually writing from your own perspective and your own experience, there's a different level in the way that you express, express yourself. You know, it's quite, it's quite poetical, whereas when it's translated, there, there is that poetical element but it just seems to be not transliteral, but has to follow a, a, a different type of structure, I suppose, is, is what we're getting through. But, oh, no, the, 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 level, the level of te reo is absolutely amain, amazing. Um, but like, like Pauline mentioned, you know, there's still a lot of things that are coming around around climate, racism, the differences, you know, but told in such a way that it's actually most kids would love it because of the way the pictures have been come forward, the 
the vibrancy of the colors that are used as you do when you're when you're when you're writing for children and a lot of them have it's sort of like there's hidden morals within and people don't really notice unless you're a judge and then you're like oh I've just noticed this I wonder if anyone else in the judging panel has but we had a lot this year that were really animal focused it's like there's a you know how 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 kids are right into baby animals, what we in the north would call um, ufa and tambi, which is the the girl and boy, the mother and the child type of um, animals that you have using different girl. But there was heaps. So out of all of them, eighty uh, percent of the books that came through all had a animal theme, but each book itself told a hidden message. Um, there were some really, really lovely ones that were specifically around um, lessons within Aotearoa that most children would be able to relate to and would resonate with them. And, of course, you know, Matariki is always in there somewhere because it's coming up to Matariki. But also, you know, for us here in Aotearoa, one of the biggest things, of course, is Matatini that we've, we haven't been able to um, have because of COVID is on the horizon and there's a beautiful story that is, you know, as both in English and in Te Reo that has come through and it's it's absolutely wonderful being able to share those stories um, and have it resonate with some of our kids that are kapahaka fanatics and others that aren't, you know, gives them a little insight into the craziness that happens when you have 65,000 people descend on a stadium over over a couple of days. Paulina, Anahir has also made some really good points there, you know, hoping that perhaps there may be an increase in Te Reo Māori books submitted in, in the years to come, um, more with that kind of Māori worldview. What, what's your hope, given that there's a record number of entries, it's just proportional that this area is not growing in the way that it, that it could? Yeah, that's interesting because um, with the English entries, one of the things the judges did notice was the increase in the use of Te Reo Māori, um, the increase in Te Ao Māori or Māori worldviews throughout the books. And some of the authors have done it so beautifully. They've integrated the language, the culture, the worldview, that it's really quite seamless between English and Māori, and it just fits. And so you could just keep reading and not have to think, oh, what does that word mean? Because it becomes quite clear the way that it's integrated in. So, yeah, we found that a real strength of the books this year, and we almost thought it was a, um, a bit more of an emerging identity as Aotearoa, that we were seeing a lot more of that. Um, yeah, and we just really appreciated that as a taonga, as a treasure, that Te Reo Māori and Te Ao Māori worldviews were being captured by so many authors. I, I think the only thing I would say as a caution is if you are going to do that, make sure you do do it strongly and authentically. There were a couple where we felt like the words were just dropped in in almost a tourist approach, so that's something I would warn about in the future. And I think it comes back to what Anahira was saying about mentors for the writers. You know, if you're going to um, do that sort of thing, make sure you've got the right people around you to support with your own understanding so you just get it right. It's encouraging, Anaheta, isn't it, though, to hear that not only is Te Reo Māori only, you know, you don't want it to be siloed into just one set of books. I mean, do you feel that that's, that is a sign that perhaps non-Māori writers are feeling confident enough to want to integrate it? Oh, no, definitely. I think that's absolutely beautiful, and it's, it's lovely to hear Pauline acknowledge 
a lot of the, the stories that are coming through and having that authenticity, knowing what the kupu means and putting it in appropriately and increasing that as we get our country starts to thrive and, and start living and utilising these, these terms and making it more of a norm, it's absolutely wonderful to hear. I was even sitting there thinking just um, while we were talking, I was going, oh, that's so cool. You know what would be even cooler? Instead of having us separated out, you know, then actually have them integrated amongst all the judges. So maybe we don't have a separate section for sectioning out the te reo books, but maybe have have it as part of and just think about how many te reo judges you may have on the on the panel of judges. Well, there you go, Pauline. <laughs> I, I like that. And we do get to give feedback to the Book Award Trust panel. And I know that the feedback from last year they've definitely taken on board. Pauline, we've talked about some of the um, the gritty issues, but for the younger readers, are we having enough fun? Are authors having enough fun? Because <laughs> sometimes you just want to laugh out loud, eh? Yeah, I can assure you that authors are having loads of fun. And that was one of the things that really stood out with the picture books that, um, you know, lots of people read them to children. And we did have some children give some input into their thoughts. And a lot of the feedback was that was a fun story. And so it's really nice to see good old picture books, you know, that really just make you have a little bit of fun and a laugh and even if the story's a little bit whimsical and a little bit, um, you know, it kind of isn't based on real logical thinking, it's based on you know, what mystical or mythical or whatever, that it can just be lots of fun. So yeah, definitely there is and lots of rhyming, like and lots of good rhyming too because that's something, I mean, not just the rhyme, it's the rhythm that you have to think about and, you know, how it sounds when you say it and all of those sorts of things but there's been some really accomplished work in that field. Anahira Morahu and Pauline Smith discussing the 2022 New Zealand Book Awards for children and young adults.